0: What I'd like for us to do beginning this evening and for the next few weeks uh, is to set aside our time to deliberately pause and reflect on it. And so what we're going to do is think about life. What's it all about? And if we were to do that, we would not be the first to do it and to reflect on this question. Uh, Many before us have. In fact, uh, one particular name comes to mind, a man with whom I know many of you are familiar, Solomon. Uh, And he had at his disposal uh, resources that we don't, most of us, possess, with which he could make a very serious uh, investigation into the question of life and its purpose and what it's all about. He had you see much more of what life has to offer than the average person. And so his reflections on life, I think, carry some weight. He thought about life in a very orchestrated and deliberate way and moved by God. Uh, His conclusions uh, were recorded and sustained and protected, preserved for us down to this very day. And they are contained, if you would like to read them um, more completely, they are contained in a book of the Bible known as Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes. And after all of Solomon's reflection on the question of the purpose of life, I guess I'm sorry to have to sum up his conclusions with his own rather pessimistic words. And here they are. Solomon concluded this with reference to life. He said, vanity of vanities, all is vanity. And another word for vanity is the one which we have uh, displayed before you in such subtle fashion. It is the word futility. And we put it here because I thought it might be a a word you can more easily get a hold of. You know, it means empty and meaningless. And this was uh, the grand conclusion this very wise man came to after his very systematic reflections on life, he concluded it was uh, an exercise, if you will, in futility. Life is empty. It is meaningless. Uh, You can't make sense of it. It doesn't make sense, life. And so uh, that begs the question, is this true? Is that really in the Bible? Did did Solomon actually record that? And the answer is yes, he did. And frankly, it was, though pessimistic, a, a, a fairly accurate um, perception of life from the human perspective. Could you keep that in mind tonight and in the weeks to follow? There are really two ways to look at life. One is from the human point of view and, uh, and the other is from the divine And if you look at life from the human point of view, uh, you only have at your disposal what your senses tell you to be be true. You you, you can't see beyond your earth-boundedness. And if the divine perspective is left out. If God is left out of the equation, if the giver of life is left out of the equation of life, I think this is Solomon's message, then indeed uh, we could characterize life uh, as an exercise in futility. So please keep in mind uh, what he's saying is life apart from the giver of life. And so... Uh, Solomon asks this question, what advantage does man have in all his work which he does under the sun? He is essentially saying, look, We're here, we invest in it, we expend ourselves, we try to set goals, we work, we toil, we labor, we try to accumulate. In many cases, we try to make a good contribution in life, we try to make a deposit, we want to have impact and all the rest, but when all is said and done, so what? What is the real benefit of all of your expenditure of energy and all your striving and all your labor? this side of heaven. Solomon said it really doesn't amount to anything. What difference does it make? You have expended yourself, you've exhausted yourself, but have you really brought about any change? Have you really had any lasting impact on life? Again, this is a rather dismal perspective, and yet, let's face it, everyone here has at one time probably felt this way and I wouldn't be surprised if there are some feeling it right now. What's it all about? It all seems so futile, so vain, so empty, and so meaningless. And so uh, Solomon uses this phrase, and I'll refer to it many times as we go along. He uses the phrase, under the sun. It's a poetic way of sharing his perspective. He's saying, for all of us who are living under the sun, that means apart from uh, the ultimate realities which are in the heavenly places. If we're living under the sun and have no capacity to look up and behold or apprehend the God in heaven, if our experience is only an under the sun, earthbound experience, uh, then it is an exercise in futility. Life under the sun is vain, futile, it is empty, it's incomprehensible, it is meaningless. If you're trying to squeeze out some ultimate meaning from the visible physical world, available to your senses, what you can see, what you can taste, what you could uh, touch, you're going to come up short. And you're going to conclude, as did Solomon, futility of futilities. a Life is merely an existence. Life lived under the sun is futility. And what's more, we who are alive are stuck in it. It is as if life is a a closed system, a circle, a closed circle that we are trapped in and cannot get out of. We are under the sun. The Earth life is a closed system. We may need outside help, but outside help cannot get in, and we cannot get out. It's very dismal. It's very depressing. It's very sad if all there is is life under the sun. And so Solomon said, a generation goes and a generation comes, but the earth remains forever it's very depressing he's saying the cycles of life are repeated uh, meaninglessly again and again some are born while others die here we go again some enter in some pass out you enter into life by birth you pass out of it by death so what the only thing that has permanence concluded Solomon, is the natural order. It's only the earth that remains perpetually. You don't. I don't. We're here. Then we vanish. Where did we come from? Why are we here? Where do we go? We have no answers because we're living life under the sun. Nothing matters. It is an exercise in futility. What difference does our presence here make. It makes no difference. We occupy air. We occupy space for the short span of our lives here and then poof, we're done. You're born, you die, that's it. How you feeling? You feeling okay? (laughs) We gather together for encouragement. Nothing really changes, says Solomon. For instance, he says the sun rises and the sun sets, and hastening to its place, it rises there again. Big deal. The sun rises in the east, it hastens to set in the west, does it again tomorrow, keeps going. Endless repetition, there's movement. But there's no progress. Yes, stuff is going on, but stuff that doesn't matter. It's the endless circle, the endless cycle of life. And what's the point of it all? Can you sense the despair of an only earthly perspective? Can you sense the despair of life? lived under the sun. It is all futility. And because of the emptiness and meaninglessness of life, people seem, uh, don't you agree, to be on a constant quest to find some measure of satisfaction in life. I mean, if if life is just empty, you might as well try to get all the gusto. I mean, if it feels good, do it. Try to take care of yourself. Find some measure of satisfaction. I mean, you, you don't make any difference over here. Things go on with or without you. You're passing through relatively quickly. You might as well try to squeeze out of this under the sun empty existence some measure of satisfaction. And so, don't you agree? It seems like the whole world is bent on, is on a quest for some measure of peace, some, some contentment, some internal sense of satisfaction. Perhaps you can identify with it right now. Maybe you did at one time in your life. What's it all about? How could I have some measure of peace and joy in my life? And so people are on this quest. There's this human inclination to fill what's empty on the inside. Life under the sun leaves people empty. The best of what life has to offer, and Solomon experienced it, ain't good enough to give a reason to live it. The best of what life has to offer can't define your existence, give a sense of meaning and purpose, therefore, well, let me just find something, anything that satisfies. I'll try this, I'll try that. I mean, people are just bouncing around like crazy, looking here, looking for there, looking for meaning. Don't you see in all the wrong places? And what's really, really sad sad is that the constant human quest for satisfaction in life fails miserably. We don't succeed at it. So Solomon says, for instance, the eye is not satisfied with seeing, nor is the ear filled with hearing. You can take in all kinds of stuff with your senses. You look here, you look there, you go on cruises, you go on vacations, you go uh, window shopping. I mean, these aren't wrong things. You know, you try to fill yourself up and whatever you hear, you listen. You, I mean, but it, there's no satisfaction. The eye is just not satisfied. The ear can never be satiated. I mean, you know, nothing satisfies. So I'll tell you what we do then. Because we can't really find anything that under the sun that satisfies, we try to come up with new stuff. But we fail miserably at coming up with new stuff because we do not have the capacity to really bring about anything ultimately new. So Solomon says, that which has been is that which will be. And that which has been done is that which will be done. Nothing's original. Nothing's new. So there is nothing new, says he, under the sun. That's heavy stuff. I found it in the Bible. You can go check it out. It's right in there. Makes me think, you know, why listen to this guy? I mean, this is not an uplifting message he's giving us. Who does he think he is? Well, for starters, he was the king of Israel, and being the king of Israel um, provided him with resources the likes of which most of us here will never ever see, and therefore he could put all these resources, which were part and parcel of his high and authoritative position as king of Israel, he could... He could apply all of these resources to his very deliberate and systematic quest for meaning and purpose in life, you see. So that's why we should listen to him because he's taken the quest to the nth degree. We're limited in terms of resources, but this guy, I mean, he had the world at his disposal. He was the king of Israel. He was a real rich guy, but not only was he a real rich guy, he was a real smart guy. He was wise. He was super wise, He probably was the wisest person ever to have lived. So that's why we should listen to him. And and, and so he applied his resources and his wisdom. He wasn't only perhaps the richest guy in his day. He was surely the wisest guy in his day. And so he says, And I set my mind to seek and explore, not by speculation, not by guesswork, by wisdom. God implanted in Solomon. God has implanted in each of us. This inclination to try to find contentment in life. Now, why in the world has God done that? So that our quest for contentment might lead us to the place where we find our rest in Him. After we exhaust all, even the best that the world has to offer, some of us coming to the end of the quest are going to throw ourselves upon the mercy of the God who is not under the sun. He made the sun. And then we're going to find peace, lasting peace. So that's why God has has kind of stirred us up. And that's why God doesn't mind if we're for a spell miserable. In this quest to find satisfaction in life that goes without itself being satisfied. So Solomon said, you know what this is all about? This quest for fulfillment under the sun. He used the phrase, it's like chasing the wind. Another sort of figurative expression that really communicates it gets real windy sometimes, so windy, trees move. You can, if you're driving, you know, your car kind of wavers. Sometimes the wind is so strong, we know about this in uh, the hurricane region in which we dwell. Sometimes the wind is so strong. You, you feel like if you caught up to it, you can grab onto it, anchor yourself to it, and it would be a very stable, kind of a mooring point for you. But then when you do that, what happened? The wind vanishes. That's the picture. And he said a quest for fulfillment in life, the kind even that he made, no holds barred, is really just like chasing after wind. It's It's an exercise in futility. Where is it going to get you? There's nothing real. There's nothing meaningful. There's nothing out there solid. There's nothing to define your existence. There's nothing in life under the sun to attach yourself to so that it validates your life. Seeking for meaning in life is like chasing the wind. You might as well chase the wind. And so a person, we try to validate our existence <sighs> by making a deposit here, by by contributing, it's a good thing. We try to do good things, we try our best, we try to validate our existence, maybe by contributing to a cause, I don't know, maybe helping a poor person, and even, I mean, we, we try, these are good things, but... But this investment we make in trying to make a meaningful change in this life lived under the sun, this too is futility. You see, Solomon said, what is crooked cannot be straightened that's what the king of israel concluded that's what the guy who had unlimited resources at his disposal concluded what is crooked cannot be straightened and what is lacking cannot be counted you know this mantra we can do it is a lie we can't straighten out what's crooked cuz we done made crooked what was originally straightened out we can't be the solution if we we is the problem So Solomon said, you can try to validate your existence with some lofty and perhaps semi-virtuous objective to renovate the world so that your contribution will be memorialized and you will be long remembered after you die. Uh, But Solomon said, that too is an exercise in futility. All the changes humankind makes are really superficial if you think about it. Nobody's really straightening out what's crooked and... What's lacking, you can't fill up the holes of what's lacking in life under the sun. Solomon tried. I mean, he explored, he investigated, he searched long and hard for meaning and purpose in life. And as I mentioned, he had the resources with which to do it. But he failed. He couldn't find meaning in this closed system. What you see is what you get. It's closed. There's nothing else intervening. There are no variables. That's it. He couldn't find meaning and purpose in this uh, life under the sun. In fact, you know what he found? Emotional turmoil. He said, in much wisdom, and he had much wisdom, there is much grief. That's what he said. And increasing knowledge, and he had plenty of it, results in increasing pain that 's what he said it 's in the bible it 's recorded for us down to this very day he said i was i introspected, i reflected, I philosophized i cogitated. I didn't just experience life. I I examined life. And I, I, my examination was more deliberate and orchestrated and systematic than that perhaps which has been done by anyone before or after me. And what has it done for me? I'm emotionally burdened. I'm in despair. I'm depressed if I could substitute some words here. I'm, I'm grieving. I'm I'm in emotional, I'm in psychic pain, I'm empty, filled with all the best of what the world has, and yet flat out empty as could be. My quest has been like chasing the wind, it's futility of futilities, all life is empty, it is meaningless. Hmm. Well, in subsequent weeks, uh, for the two or three who will be coming back, <laughs> for those of you who are gluttons for punishment, uh, we're going to talk more about uh, the human quest for meaning in life through everything we do, uh, sensual pleasure-seeking uh, ambition to occupy high positions, crazy materialistic insatiable appetite for the accumulation of possessions, um, irrational investment in projects to validate our existence. We're going to painstakingly examine all of this so that we could be reminded of how futile it is to try to squeeze meaning out of life under the sun. However, for now, as we draw to uh, a close, let me please remind you, um, we're only talking about life lived under the sun. I think you'll have to admit, if you can think back to the time when that was your life, no vertical dimension, only this closed circle of meaninglessness, I think you'll have to agree that Solomon was correct. And this is terribly sad, you see, because we can be saved from the futility of life. We've examined the words of Solomon a bit, but do you recall the words of King Jesus? He said, I came to give life and to give it abundantly. And so it's terribly sad uh, to be stuck in this closed system thinking there is no outside reality, uh, trying to live life apart from the giver of life and thinking you could uh, find your place and your purpose. It's like chasing after wind. I remember many years ago when Solomon's experience um, on a, to a much smaller degree was mine. And I was lost in searching in the military. In fact, my quest for purpose actually brought me to the military. I had tried many things, uh, crazy things, as did Solomon, I guess you could say. I I tried Eastern religions. I lived in a yoga commune and all crazy things. Not so crazy. There was a God-implanted inclination in my life. To find contentment, he just loved me too much to let me find it apart from him, you see. So I wondered about life, and after all this eastern, you know, vegetarian diet kind of stuff, and I was dying for a cheeseburger, and so <laughs> I joined the military because they feed you three times a day. And I thought that total change of life experience might be where I could find a sense of meaning and purpose in life. And I didn't. It let me down again. It was empty and meaningless. And then I met a guy who was able to get out of this closed system, was able to take a gaze outside of it and apprehend the God who was there and be rescued from the futility of life and... I remember how uh, in the context of our friendship he began to share his new life, his new birth if you will, with me and I remember him speaking to me about eternity and where my place would be in eternity and I remember thinking this is such a nice guy and how good of him to share this with me. But. Eternity meant nothing to me. I don't know if I believed in it or didn't believe in it. I just knew I had no interest in eternity. Doggone it, I was looking for a reason to get up and live tomorrow. Don't talk to me about eternity. That seemed like a curse, not a blessing. I want to know some reason why I ought to get out of bed tomorrow. And then he also spoke to me about abundant life. told me Jesus is the source of both, of eternal life. And of abundant life. And that verse, it's John 10.10. I came, says he, that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Ah, I remember it was like a megaphone when I heard it. Abundant, meaningful, non-futile, purposeful. Jesus claimed to be the source of it, and he is. Don't you see? There is a relationship which makes life meaningful and complete, but without it, a person is indeed left with a rather huge void in his or her life. Just like Solomon, many famous people in our day can attest, as did he, to the futility of life. You remember H.G. Wells, famous historian. And philosopher, when he was 61 years old, he said, I have no peace. All life is at the end of the tether. what a gloomy conclusion to come to. The poet Byron said, My days are in yellow leaf. The flowers and fruits of life are gone. The worm and the canker and the grief are mine alone. That's what Lord Byron said. You know about Henry David Thoreau? Brilliant writer, philosopher, said, most men live lives of quiet desperation. You see, it's life under the sun. There was a man named Ralph Barton. I don't know if you've heard of him, but in his day, he was perhaps the most talented, gifted cartoonist of the time. He left a note pinned to his pillow shortly before he took his own life. This is what he wrote on the note. I have had few difficulties, many friends, great successes. I have gone from wife to wife, from house to house, visited great countries of the world, but I am fed up with inventing devices to fill up 24 hours of the day. Modern day Solomon, don't you see? Such perhaps were you and I. It's sad because there's no need for it. Jesus came into this otherwise closed system called the earth. He who existed from eternity past and will exist forevermore in eternity future pierced the space time, dimension, and enables us to have a view which is above the sun, he's implanted within us a concept of something more. Though he's implanted within us the quest for meaning, he has also implanted within us some notion that it's there. There is ultimate truth, there is a good answer to the question, life, what it's all about. It's just not to be found here in this futile world system. Jesus said, I came to give you the answer. I came to make your life meaningful and purposeful. I came to, r- to rescue you from the futility of your life. I came to give life and live it abundantly. Could I tell you something? If you leave here tonight, leaving Jesus behind, you will sooner or later run out of answers to the question, life, what's it all about? Therefore, I beseech you, <clears throat> don't leave Jesus behind. Would you let me to pray pray for you? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, uh, it's very, very important that there be no modern-day Solomons here, or, I don't know, Ralph Bartons here, who've, Come to the end of their rope and think the only solution is to try to avoid the closed system by death. And oh God, you're the giver of life, so I pray you would just flood the hearts and minds and souls of that one or two or three. I don't know who is living his or her life as has been described in quiet desperation. Oh God, I pray these words, which rang so true to me, would ring so true the power of your holy spirit to ones here tonight that they would not leave you behind you said i came to give life and give it abundantly oh god i pray that you would so overwhelm the various ones here tonight who have left you out of the equation that they say no more i can't take one more breath one more step without you giver of life come into my life lord jesus and make me alive like never before Say to him, forgive me, there's a barrier between you and I, I've erected it, it's sin, you being holy, you don't mix with sin, and so therefore I confess my sin, and that you came to suffer and die in my place, you rose from the dead, you won mastery over death, and therefore you can impart life abundant and free and eternal. Come into my life, Lord Jesus. Fill me like never before. Rescue me from my own paltry existence. Show me what it really means to live the Christ life. This I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.